Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there? We've got an awesome show for you guys today. My guest today, her name is Becky Thompson. Uh, She's a blogger. She has written like 4,000 books, okay? And there's another one coming out, and there's not that many, but but she is definitely a, a really great writer, really talks about mommyhood a lot. And I was really interested in this book because I feel like every mom I talk to struggles with finding time with the Lord and balancing motherhood because I have four. They are everywhere all the time and I love them and they're wonderful and they're amazing, but they're everywhere. I get up super early in the five o'clock hour to have my own quiet time. And this morning I was pouring my cup of coffee, just so excited to have quiet time with Jesus. And in walks my four-year-old son, Moses. And I'm like, all right, what are we going to do now? So, you know, I did what every good mom does. I gave him an iPad and then I went and had my time with Jesus. But it's a struggle. How do you balance it? I want you to welcome uh, my guest today, uh, Becky Thompson, to the show to talk about a couple projects she has going on. Welcome, Becky. How are you, my dear? I'm great, Autumn. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so excited to chat with you and spend some time together. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so great. You you hold the keys to the kingdom. How do we balance mommyhood and our relationship with Jesus? Let's start with that. For all those moms that are like, listen, I'm a single mom. I work. I work. Or maybe I don't work, but I have six kids. Um, how do we balance that, Becky? What do we do? Where do we start? So here's the thing. I feel like we often look at balancing our time with Jesus and our just everyday motherhood responsibilities from one perspective, which is I have this to do and I also have this to do. And how do I sort of blend them together? You know, which weighs more? And the truth is God wants to be a part of every portion of our day. As moms, we often say, like, like you were talking about, I want to spend this much time in the morning or in the evening or during nap time with the Lord. And if I can just get that bit of quiet time with him, then everything else resets. And while that's completely true, you just mentioned the single moms and the moms who are going from the time their eyes open until the time their eyes close and who just don't have a physical break in their day. This was the heart behind creating Truth Unchanging, um, which are 75 devotions created in a way that you can have a moment with Jesus in five minutes or less. Because, like I said, we, we think, I need all of this time. But the truth is, God will take anything that you offer him and multiply it. It's just what he does. He does it again and again through Scripture. He does it with little, a little boy and fish and bread, and he feeds the entire mountainside. And for our lives, sometimes we say, Lord, I have this five minutes, and I'm, I'm sorry that it's not more, and I, I feel so sad that it's not more. And Jesus is like, give me your five minutes and see what I can do with it. And then invite me to be a part of the rest of your day, because that's really where the power is, not just in the five minutes that we spend dedicated and focused 
on him alone, but as we remember to bring him in and invite him in to all of the other minutes mm-hmm. that we're awake. I love that you said that, and it's jogging my memory from because we were, we uh, were talking about before the show. We were trying this this book, this Truth Unchanging uh, uh, devotional, actually came out in April, um, <clears throat> and it was it really piqued my interest. And I and I think exactly what you said is exactly why, because I feel like there is a lot of um, guilt that goes on in moms when they say, you know, I don't have forty five minutes to spend with Jesus or 30 minutes to spend with Jesus. And I know years and years ago when I started having kids myself, um, that's exactly what I would do. I would say, okay, Lord, I have 12 minutes (laughs) and maximize your power in these 12 minutes. And that is exactly, it's like God would give me a a rhema word from heaven. And I would be like, I could live on it. I could eat that manna literally for a week. God knows how to do that, doesn't he, Becky? He absolutely does. You know, one of the things I joked about as I was writing this book was that these devotions would be like power bars for the mom. (laughs) You know, she throws it in her purse and she's eating it on the go because we don't always have time for a full meal. We don't always have time to prepare what we need. We're always thinking about what the kids need or what our families need or what our, you know, what what's required of us at our jobs, and we often put ourselves last. But I think that there is such a way that we can meet with the Lord intentionally, like even in these five minutes, and say, Lord, begin a conversation with me that you're going to continue even after I close this book, even after I close my Bible, because your Holy Spirit is going to continue to lead and speak to me throughout my day. That's your heart, God. That's that's the encounter that I want with Jesus, the one that changes me so I can go back to my family. But then, you know, on top of all of that, too, I think sometimes we look at our time spent in the Word and our time spent reading devotions as adults only. Mm. You know, the kids sort of bring a little bit of distraction. We can't really stay as focused. You know, I need to have this conversation and give Mommy just a minute so I can do this. But I think about how Jesus is like, bring the kids too. Mm. Let them see you read your Bible. Let them see you with the devotion open. Let them see you flipping your pages and asking questions. You know, even if it, even if you have to say, give mommy just a second and stand right here with me, or let's sit together and you look at your Bible with pictures and I'll look at mine and we can talk about it. There is a way that you can involve your kids. And it's so important for your children not to just eat the fruit of your relationship with the Lord, but watch it grow as well. Okay. So I want to, I want to stick on, I actually have another question that I want to ask you that came up as you were talking, but let's stick on that for a minute. I think this is one of the most incredible things that we can do as parents is inviting God into every single part of our day and referring back to God on a regular basis with teachable moments that come up with our kids. Um, This is one, one parenting style that my husband and I do on a regular basis is if there is, is if there is something that happens, if my, my, my son, my 11 year old son gets made fun of school, my 14 year old is dealing with whatever, everything kind of goes back to the Lord. And we kind of refer back to the scripture and we're teaching them, of course, life lesson, biblical life lessons along the way. 
practically, Becky, how does the mom or parent, because I know there's men that listen to the show too, how how do we practically, from your perspective, invite God into every piece of our day? Because I, I, I gotta say, sometimes this is a this is a foreign concept to some people. Absolutely, and I totally understand that. I, I get that. I think you have to remember that Jesus is already there. Mm. That that the presence of God is already with you. We often invite him to, in to be a part. And Lord, what do we do about this? And talking about that is great. But I always, I think back to this, this image that the Lord put in my heart a few years ago, which was he was just standing there at my kitchen island while I washed my dishes. Because if God is that close, we know he's as close as our breath. We know that um, he sent his spirit to be with us always. We know that um, he, he never leaves us. So I have this picture of Jesus standing there at my kitchen island while I'm washing dishes. And I thought to myself, well, why wouldn't I be talking with him? Hmm. Why wouldn't I be asking him questions? Why, if the, if the God who created the universe is as close as the seat next to me, why am I not involving him in everything that we're doing? And when I had that, just it was so simple. It's not really groundbreaking. It's not mind-blowing. It's just the fact that Jesus is always there. But when you remember that he's always there, it changes everything. Yeah. It changes everything. So Jesus standing at my kitchen saying, my kids are having a fight. Jesus, you're here with us. How should we, how should we handle this? What should we do about this? You know, your love is here in the room with us. Can you help us remember to share your love with each other? You don't want us to act this way. How should we be acting? You know, so-and-so is getting bullied at school. Jesus, we thank you that this isn't how you see, you know, my child. This isn't how you see my son or daughter. Will you give us the right words? Will you help me hear and know uh, how to encourage my little one here? God, what does your word say about this? What do we know is true here? And I think it's it's not this crazy revelation, except it's everything. Mm-hmm. Jesus being in the room changes everything. Mm-hmm. You know, asking Jesus what to do changes everything if he's, if he's there, and he is. So as moms were just, and dads too, like you said, I'll just take care of that. We pile everything up on our own shoulders. Let me, I'll take care of that. I've got that. I'll figure that out. And Jesus is like, but we could do this together if you wanted. And the practicality is, is pausing. That's it. First step, pause. Mm. Second step, wait. Third step, do what he says to do um, and what he puts in your heart to do and the suggestion that he gives you because he always gives one. He mm. cares. Mm. It's not a, well, we'll see how you, you handle this on your own, Mom. No, he cares. And so he's going to answer and he's going to lead and he's going to guide. Yeah. I love this. This is so, this is so incredibly good. And I think in a world that, um, desperately needs the salt and light of, of the Lord on a regular basis. When you teach your kids, Hey, Jesus is in the room. What is, what does God's word say? You know what? Um, let's see what God's word said about the situation. Your kids learn how to go into their school and handle things the same way. It will, um, it will have an effect on them as well. And I, I, I have found in our parenting that they kind of pick up on that and then they use it when their friends come to them with problems. Well, you know what? This is what my mom said that God said. And you know what I'm saying? It doesn't just stop right there with your family. It continues on because you're teaching them how to, in your words, invite Jesus into to your day. Um, I love that. I want to talk for a second about mom guilt um, when it comes to 
having time with the Lord. I hear this so often, and this is kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation, but I wrote it down and I want to talk about it for a minute. What would you say to that mom that is just struggling with guilt? She knows she needs to be in the word. She knows she needs to whatever, but she just, she can't seem to find um, uh, the time that she thinks that she needs to do that. I know we talked about the five minutes and maximizing it, but can you, can you talk to that mom today that's listening? That's like, oh, I just feel so guilty. You know, I always, I always get this question. I, I can't tell you how often moms come up to me as well and say, what do I do? How, how, do I, how do I deal with the time that I don't have? How do I rearrange? And they're not actually, they're, I don't want to say that. I don't want to put that on their hearts because the truth is often this is just rooted in guilt. They're not trying to find the time because they're desperate for the time. They're trying to find the time because they feel guilty for not having the time. Does that make sense? That's and so great. <laughs> I love they that. Want the, they want the Lord to come close, and they want they want His wisdom, and they want His presence, and but they also just want to get rid of the guilt for not doing it. They want mm. to get rid of the guilt that plagues them daily, because that's the trick of the enemy, to say, you're not enough, you're not doing enough, you're never going to be enough, and look, you're even failing in your relationship with Jesus. And so I just hear Jesus so clearly in those situations, speaking to the heart of the mom and saying, I get it. You're okay. We're okay. I'm with you. I, I understand. You know, Jesus isn't, like, standing there at the kitchen island, tapping his fingers, going, well, when you've got a minute, I'm here. And he's not frustrated. He's not mm-hmm. frustrated. He's an, it's an invitation. Mm. And so, for me, when I see Jesus as he truly is, which is an open, welcome invitation to spend time hearing and learning and just being together, it removes the guilt that I have to tick it off my checklist like a box. You know, mm-hmm. spend time reading the word. Check. Okay, I've done. I've done it. I did it. I feel like the Lord cares more about the intentionality of bringing him into the rest of the day than giving him twenty guilty minutes. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And perfect. so, and so, if we can talk, if we can talk to that place in our heart and really address that place in our heart that says, "I have to do this because I have to." Yeah. And we say, "No, I get to do this, and I love Jesus, and He understands." Yeah. Then then it removes the pressure that we have and it becomes more of an invitation. Mm -hmm. And then that invitation we can accept in bits. So we've got the mom and she wishes she has had 20 minutes. She wishes she had 10 minutes, but really she's got the five minutes that her kids are sitting down having their little cut up mac and cheese lunch on their high (laughs) chair. And she's got her devotion open or she's got the Bible open and she's spending five minutes right there in that minute. And she's like, I'm sorry. I wish it was more. And Jesus is like, it's everything. Mm. Because when you have less to give, mm. we know this. We've, we've heard this story in Scripture. Yeah. woman who has less to give, the Lord acknowledges her sacrifice. Mm. And I feel like that's so true for moms who are guilty with their time. When you have less to give, each moment is a precious offering to the Lord. Mm. And He sees the sacrifice. And I feel like that changes everything. It removes the guilt, and it, it just gives it, it allows those moments to be moments of grace. It allows those moments to be moments of encounter. It allows those moments to be moments where we say, I wish we had more time together, but Jesus, I'm here now and I love you. Thanks for meeting me in this minute. I love this. This is good. It's a question I get a lot. Um, and so I'm so glad that you you talked to that. I want to talk to you about promptings. Uh, this is something I don't feel like is talked about enough. I, I and And this is one of the questions that, 
the publisher gave us, and I really like it. You write about the time you left your washing machine running while you were away from the house. How did this <laughs> yeah. experience demonstrate a prompting from God um, for you? And then I want to just spend a minute talking about promptings. Uh, before you go into that, Becky Thompson is her name. The name of her book is Truth Unchanging. This book came out uh, several months ago, um, but just due, due to scheduling, we haven't had an opportunity to have her on the show. So I wanted to make sure we had her, and I want I wanted her to talk about that. So, Becky, go ahead and talk to me about um, promptings and, and your washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> My washing machine. So we had just moved to California, which was its own faith journey all on its own from Oklahoma. And oh wow! We in, That's a I huge know. change. <laughs> it was a, it was a huge change from the wheat field in my backyard to the four hundred five oh, highway yeah. interstate. So it was it was an interesting journey, and God God's been with us each step of the way. But we forget that He's with us even in really simple steps and really simple moments in all parts of our day. So we had just moved into our rental, and we were using um, the washing machine that was here in the house and not ours from home. And I was running a simple load of clothes, and I was going to take my kids to the library. And I just felt in my heart just this quiet little, I shouldn't run the washing machine while I leave the house. And I had run the washing machine since moving in while away from the house. And I leave the house all the time before I moved with the washing machine on. Like, this was not something where I'd had a previously poor experience, and I was using, you know, past experience to change what I was doing then. It was a clear, I shouldn't do this. Mm. And I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm fine. That's, I'm just worrying. I'm just nervous. It's been a lot. I've been stressed. That's not the voice of God. That's mm. just my head. So I sort of let it go. And I came back and the hose that connects the washing machine to the wall um, was just hooked into the little place in the wall. It wasn't attached. So it kind of went up and over and it had come out. And the oh, no. entire washing machine load of water, I don't even know how many gallons that was, oh, had spilled no. <laughs> everywhere. It had gone up into the kitchen. It had gone under the baseboards into the surrounding rooms. It was in bedrooms. It was down into the garage. It was everywhere. And, you know, I'm just a few weeks into our brand new house and being renters and having to call the new landlord and say, I promise I'm a great tenant, but I don't know what happened. And, oh. and so he came over and helped me clean it up. And all I could think was, Lord, this could have been so simple mm. if I had just trusted that mm. I heard your voice. Mm. And the truth is, the Holy Spirit and, and the Father, God speaks to our hearts in so many different ways. We know that He speaks clearly through His Word. We know that God's voice can be heard clearly through His Word. We know that Jesus is the Word. But we also know that um, He gives us His Holy Spirit who continues to guide us. Hmm. Scripture says this in John. Jesus says that he's going to send us his Holy Spirit who's going to guide and teach and, and tell, and, it's, and he's, he's an important part of our lives, the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes we get these little promptings or we get these little nudges, and we have the choice to either listen and believe that God knows something that we don't or that we can just sort of say, I know best. Hmm. In one of those situations, like the washing machine, um, I just sort of felt like I knew best, which Obviously, I didn't. Um, the truth is, I think most of us get these little gut feelings, and we just say, we just call it our gut feeling, mm -hmm. when the reality is it's, it's God himself, and he's communicating with his people in so many different ways, just like a thought or a feeling or a voice. Sometimes we think God has to be this big, booming voice, but, you know, 
even the prophets would hear God in the, in the still small voice. So sometimes we have these little promptings in our heart, and the Lord is just trying to communicate with us. And I think one of our biggest tools as moms is trusting not just mm-hmm. our mommy sense, but the Spirit of God inside of us who's also helping us parent our kids and live our lives. Yes, all the amens. I have written three books, and that is included in every single one of them, Becky. The pr- listen, there, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he is called our helper. Yep. <laughs> our helper. And oh my goodness, over the years, I mean, he has protect that prompting, that nudge. I mean, it's like you you want you want a word to put on it. I, I call it a knowing. When you have a knowing, just like you knew, you knew it was different than just a thought that you had, Becky. It was like, a, yep. I shouldn't run the washing machine, you know? Yep. Yep. And your it's helper true. was, stand- yes. And we, I, um, I remember I had one time where, um, I was, my husband was a pastor for years and years and years. And he's in the spirit of God before Wednesday night youth group. He was a youth pastor at the time said, pack a bag to me. And I had a three-year-old and a baby. And I'm like, pack a bag. That's stupid. <laughs> but it was like a knowing. Like, mm-hmm. I knew I needed to pack a bag. And it was like almost repetitive, like a blinking light. Pack a bag. Pack a bag. Pack a bag. Guess what I did not do? I did, didn't pack a bag. <laughs> I did not pack a bag. And we, I went to youth group and came home. And we got a call that um, my mother-in-law was in the hospital very sick. We had to come immediately. So what did we do? We went home at nine o'clock, packed our bags and went to the hospital. That was six hours from where we were. So I'm telling you what, this prompting is vital. It's vital for direction, for guidance. We've got to listen, guys, listen to the knowing. Okay. Uh, love you, Becky Thompson, so much. You have, you just released another um, uh, project. Now, this is called My Real Story. This is a journal that you just released. So we just talked about a devotional, Truth Unchanging, but My Real Story is a journal. We have two minutes. Tell me about this that you just released, Becky. So My Real Story is a guided journal. Uh, a one year to record, reflect, and remember everything that God has done in your life. You know, as moms, sometimes we write in our journals if we have any time at all, and it's just sort of like a, a catch-all. This is what I'm praying about. This is what I'm thankful for. This is where so-and-so is walking or talking, or I want to document it, and this is the place. This is where I'm writing out my prayers. This is where I'm writing out what's happening in my life. But I thought, what if we created something where women could, could see the facts, this is what's happening in my life, but also the testimony, the real story of what God was doing and writing in her life as she was living it. And really, this was prompted on by my move to California and thinking there were so many steps that I didn't want to forget. There were so many things that happened where God prompted or guided or connected me with somebody, and I don't want to forget those moments. But the truth is we all have a story, mm. and it's bigger than we recognize. And God has been writing it since before we were even born with people and circumstances, and it will, it will extend beyond our lives here on the earth through our children and the impact and just the, the impression we make on the kingdom of God and for Him and through Him. But we should recognize it because it's worth telling mm. and it's worth documenting. And so I want women to have a tool because we all have a story to tell, to actually write out the story 
of their lives. And it begins in, in the very beginning with uh, 52 guided prompts where I ask women to say, hey, where was God in the beginning of your story? How did he first lead you into a relationship with him? Um, and then by the end of, of the year, we're getting into how are you, how is God giving you what you've just been through to help other women? How could you whisper this last season over a cup of coffee with another woman and say, this is how we made this is how he helped me get out of it. This is how I made it through it. This is how I, this is what I learned. And now here is your guide. Here's your map to get through it on the other side. So we've got 52 guided journal prompts like that, helping you write out the real story, the real testimony of your life, while also giving you a place to talk about how your heart really feels in the season, uh, places to document where you're grateful for different things, and places to write out prayer requests because you know that God's going to answer them and that he already hears them. But it's so cool to see how, how you prayed and how it all unfolded. So that's my real story, which isn't really my real story. It's your real story. <laughs> Everyone's real story. We're here to record, reflect, and remember. That's uh, the heart behind that new project. You are just a, you're just a ball of resources, Becky Thompson. I love it so much. <laughs> um, I want you guys to go pick up The Truth Unchanging, um, which is the devotional that we talked about for the majority of the time. And then this um, keepsake keepsake journal my real story becky thompson is the author of both of these things and she's who i've been talking to today becky you're just a delight thank you so much for coming on the show today thank you so much autumn it was just it was a joy to be on your show thank all things thank you thank you thank you thank you so much and thank you to all my listeners for listening along ah you can catch me right back here tomorrow on the autumn mile show The Autumn Miles Show is listener-supported, and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.